Welcome to Taste Talks, where we discuss all things faith and family. Today, we have Pastor Tice talking about prayer. The title is God, Please Help Me. There are so many different kinds of prayer. There's corporate prayer. There's personal prayer. There's different kinds of prayers that we're going to break down, and Pastor Tice is going to discuss this on how to hold a prayer meeting. So thank you for being here with us today, Pastor Tice. Well, I'm glad to be here. I am excited about this topic. It is so important that we have the kind of prayer life that God wants us to have. The word prayer very simply means to ask, and that's what we want to talk about. Uh, the it, it seems to me that there is a lot of discussion going on today about prayer uh, in, in Christian circles. Um, oh, should we have corporate prayer, prayer meetings? What in the world is a corporate prayer meeting? Uh, does God want us to pray together collectively uh, as, a, as churches across the country? Uh, how does God, how do we have a prayer meeting? How do we, how do we pray privately? I think I think public prayer meetings or corporate prayer meetings are useless unless the people that are involved in those uh, corporate prayer meetings are having private time alone with God. Oh, that's really good. In uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking with his disciples, and it's uh, part of the, the Sermon on the Mount. He he stops and talks about prayer. He says this, starting with verse 5. He says, When you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What is their reward? People look at them and say, oh, that person's so spiritual. That person is so holy. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which, is, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. That is so amazing. It's so amazing that he says, look, before you start with corporate prayer, and I think it's really important that churches pray together. I think it's really important that Christians do pray one for another. But this, this idea of private prayer is so important. I want to share with you just how I start my day every day. I started my day today this way. I get up, and then, uh, and I've said this to you, Charity, uh, that you need to get up to get down. So I get up in the morning. I get something to drink. I go into my, uh, into my prayer closet. I go alone with God, and I bow down before him. I, I think there's five things, and this, this is just preparation for prayer. Every day, I bow before him. I worship him. I then thank him for the good things he's given to me. I then sing to him so I can praise him. 
I then confess my sin to him, my selfishness and my self-centeredness, and then I, I, uh, I tell him I love him. I tell the Lord, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. That's how I start, and then I begin to ask God for things, and I have a list in front of me that I ask God for. I do this for uh, I do this daily, and I think it's so important. I I tell you this because I don't want to be the hypocrite standing in the synagogue saying, "Hey, here's how here's what I do," but I want you to understand it's important that we spend personal time with God in prayer. So, where it says that the Pharisee they stood up and they prayed and there, I get what you're saying because you want to be like, "Hey, this is what I do." Just like how Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray, this is what you do. Yes. You're just trying to teach the people who are listening that are wanting to learn how to pray. This is what the example is that I follow, and this is what you can start as your example to follow as well. Sure. And then Jesus gives us a prayer list in Luke chapter 11. In fact, you can follow it and see the same prayer list in in Matthew chapter 6 there. He gives us a prayer list. He tells us these are the things that we ought to pray for. Uh, and we ought to, on a daily basis, pray for these things. But I think we've already covered that in a in a, a, for, or in a former podcast. Uh, so, or have we? On prayer, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. So we've talked about the things that Jesus told us to pray for specifically. Uh, but uh, beyond that, then beyond the things he told us to pray for specifically, you ought to pray daily for your family. You ought to pray daily for your needs. You ought to pray daily for your friends. You ought to pray for your pastor and the leaders of your church. I have a list of pastors that I pray for on a daily basis. And uh, I mean, they're from, from they're all Bible-believing preachers, but they're in, in methods. They're all in different camps doing different things. But I pray for them because the Bible tells us to pray one for another. And so we, we need to do that. But there, I'm just before you, we talk about about corporate prayer, it's really, really important that we understand that you understand that we have that there needs to be a private time of prayer in your life every day. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be an exaggerated time. I, I remember hearing the story of a uh, a young deacon who became a new deacon in a church, and he was all excited about the things of God, and he went to a deacon's meeting, and all the old gray hairs were in there praying, and he heard them pray, and every week this preacher, or not this preacher, this deacon would pray, this old deacon, he would say, oh God, take the cobwebs out of my life, oh God, take the cobwebs out of my life, and he heard that, he heard that that deacon pray that week after week after week for several weeks, and finally, while the old man got up and said, oh, God, take the cobwebs out of my life, the the young deacon said, no, God, kill the spider. Just kill the spider. <laughs> Sometimes we have vain repetitions, right. and, and even yeah. in our personal time of prayer, we have vain repetition that we just we we get used to it, but we need to pray over and over for the same things. I pray for my children every day. Pray the same things for my grandchildren every day, uh, but I don't want it to be vain repetition. So, having that personal time of prayer is absolutely essential Be for on. a public for a corporate prayer. Yeah, if because I'm, if you're not if you're not living right and doing what God's telling you to do personally, there's no way that what. Why would he be hearing you in your big corporate prayer all together with everybody if you're not doing privately what you're saying publicly? Like Jesus taught his disciples to pray, 
but then he went away for hours and spent time alone with God. He also would have prayed in public. It's not a, when they talk about when he speaks of the Pharisee, it's not condemning open prayer in front of people. It's saying, hey, have a personal prayer life. Talking about, like, it's the same passage where he looks down and he says, you know, thank you, God, that I am not yes, like this. Like this, this guy or that guy. The guy the guy that's the, beating his chest saying, God, I'm horrible. And be merciful are, to me, a sinner. Yeah. yeah. Is it now, I believe, I heard you preach this, that they used to have trumpets. Like they would go in and it's like a big announcement that they were coming in to let everyone know. They are here to pray. You didn't hear that from me, but I've heard the same thing. Oh, okay. that there was there there was there was these announcements that so and so is here to pray. Phony, garbage, baloney prayers. It's not a prayer. It's not a prayer that's impressing God. It's a, it's a prayer that's impressing men. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, and there are times I think it's okay to have a written prayer or something that right. you really want to pray. Right. If you're in a big public setting right. and, and you're in front nervous, of thousands of people yeah, and, a... <laughs> and you've got to, uh, you, you want to want to mess up. Well, and you want to make sure that I know you, every time you corporately pray in front of when you're asked to by the state of Nevada to come pray or any, anything for the government, you always add in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's something that if you want to make sure that's added in there, if you have it written out, you're not going to forget it. And yes. You're not going to— um... So I'm not—there There are men that I've heard pray, and they've prayed, and they've read their prayer. I don't think that's against—as right. as long as I mean what I'm saying, and I— and. Uh, uh, I know that people are gonna gonna hear, and I'm saying I'm praying to God for uh, so that other people can hear what I'm saying to God. Right. Jesus, in front of the tomb of Lazarus, uh, said, "Lord, I'm saying these things not because you need to hear it, but for because those around the people me. that are around me. Oh, wow! I want them to he- know that this is hmm. you that's doing this. Wow. So, um, anyway, now the question then comes up: uh, I've I've got my private prayer life. What about Praying for the sick, is it right to pray for sick people to get well? There's a man that I pray for every single day. I pray that that uh, he is sick. He's he's not been able to walk for some time. I pray that he'll be able to walk and bring glory to God. You say, why would you pray for that? He's he's been diagnosed and he's been told he's not going to be able to walk. Because mm-hmm. if I was unable to walk, I would be wanting people to pray that I could walk because I want to, if I wanted to walk. Right. And so uh, what I do is I pray for people. Well, what if God wants them in that situation? Well, if God wants them in that situation, then he can He'll say keep no. keep them there. That's yeah. right. But mm-hmm. I'm going to pray. I, if I'm sick, I want people to pray that I get healed. I don't right. want people to pray that I'll endure the pain. Right. I want I want people to pray for me to be healed. And I think we ought to pray for them. In fact, let me tell you what the Bible says. Because I'm asked about this. In James chapter 5 and verse 13, the Bible says, it says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. If I have an affliction that's on my body, something's coming against me, then I can pray. God tells us to pray. James tells us it's good to pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. So just as when you're happy, you sing, it should be just as natural if you're afflicted that you pray. Hmm. Is any sick among you? What am I what am I supposed to do if I'm sick as a Christian have I what do I do if I'm sick he's talking this is James the pastor of the Jerusalem church he's writing letters he's writing this letter to his congregation that's been scattered and so there are obviously 
pockets of that congregation that are in different places. So this is something that went around to different places, but these were people that were members of his church. So he says this, he says, if there's any sick among you, let him call. If there's in that, in the group of people that are there, let him call on the elders of the church. You're there, you're at a local church, uh, you're meeting together. If there's any sick there, call on the elders of the church. He doesn't say, go forward in a church service and make a public announcement that I'm sick and I want to be healed. He says, if is any sick among you, let him call for the elders or the pastors or the leaders of the church and let them pray over them, over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So this is a private thing with you and the elders of the church that okay. you're, pr- you're praying together. Yeah, it's not, it's not the pastor standing up and saying, anybody out there sick, come up here. It's not I like want... a Benny Hinn show. Right, it's, that's right. exactly right. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's saying, if you're sick, then you call the elders. Now, why, did call, why does he call the elders of the church? God, the Lord Jesus, ordained the local church. The local church is the representation of the body of Christ on this earth. Mm -hmm. The physical body of Jesus Christ is standing at the right hand of God the Father. Mm -hmm. It's the body with the holes in the hand and the holes in the Uh feet and the crown of thorns. That that body is at the right hand of God. The body of of Christ on on this physical earth right now is the local church. The local church has certain things that it can't do corporately. It can't, for instance, baptize. When somebody gets saved and they want to get baptized, uh, the, it's all the, a thousand of our church members can't go and dunk. The, yes, the because one they would drown the person. Right. All new converts would be drowned. <laughs> so what they do is they ordain. Uh, elders. The elders, so those elders represent. can represent the okay. entire body, mm-hmm. and then they take that. Uh, so somebody comes and says, "I, I want to get saved." Then it's the church that's baptizing. That's yeah. why you're baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. You, you, they baptize. It's the church that's doing it. They're doing it through the hands of one p- pastor or a deacon in the church. Hmm. So that's true about baptism. That's true about communion. It's true in this situation when he says, look, if you're sick, go to the elders of the church. Why? They represent the body of Jesus Christ. Hmm. So if you were if you were alive during the time of the physical uh, manifestation of Jesus on this earth, you would go to his body mm-hmm. and you would say, would you heal me? And Jesus would touch you and heal, heal you if it was his will. So you're going to the local church as the body of Jesus and you're saying, would you pray for me. The Bible says you're to, at that point, when the person comes to you privately, it's the elders, it's not just one, it's two, at least two, the the pastors of the church, they come to you they, they in a private thing. This is not, again, this is not a public uh, display. It's not something that takes place in the local church. They come, you anoint them with oil, you pray over them, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and mm-hmm. the Lord will lift them up. The anointing of oil is obviously throughout Scripture. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's our dependence upon Him. And he goes on to say, listen, confess your faults one to another. Why does he say that? First of all, let me point out, he doesn't say confess your sins one to another. He says confess your faults. Why is that? Because the idea is, isn't that just the guy that's coming in and being anointed with oil is confessing some sin that he did so that he can be healed. No, the idea is you're confessing your faults one to another. The pastors are saying, 
we're sinners just like you. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. We do things wrong just like you. This is not us healing you. It is Jesus healing you. Oh, that's that's what's taking place in this in this uh, anointing with oil. It's and the all a picture over. back to Jesus. It all goes back to Jesus. Jesus is healing. That is what takes place. So we practice anointing with oil at Liberty Baptist Church. And there's nothing magical, mystical, anything about the oil. We get it, get olive oil from Smith's. Yes. In fact, of the olive oil that I had for years turned rancid, and your mother said, we need to replace that, so get some new olive oil. <laughs> so it's not something that no. is, like people are into the mystical crystals, and this is what's healing, and there's powers in there. No. It's just what God asked to do. It's asked us to do. It's a representation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not import- the Holy Spirit. But it is a representation of him. And that's what it's just one of the things he asked us to do. So that's why we do it. Yes. And it's it's always the elders, the leaders of the church, and it's always in, uh, going away. And, and so it's not a big public display of anything. Right. We praise the Lord for it when, when there's healing. Uh, I mean, today, you can actually buy vials, little vials of oil for people to anoint other people. That's not biblical. <laughs> I love I love my brothers and sisters that are doing these strange things, but it's not biblical. Biblic, hmm. Very biblically, it's you're coming, you're re- recognizing that the local church is the body of Christ, and you're going to the elders and you're saying, I'm sick, and they're confessing that nobody here is perfect. We're dependent upon Jesus. We're asking Jesus, you heal. Uh, and and this and, happens often in your office. Yeah. I've seen my husband goes in often when um, people just will call up, call the church and say, hey, would you, would you be willing to pray over me? I'm not doing well. Um, you've done it in hospitals. You've gone to people who are laying in beds. That, yeah, and it's, you're not dumping oil. <laughs> You dip your finger in it and you touch their forehead. Yeah. So those of you who are unfamiliar with what this looks like, this is not like a freak show. Then we give you a napkin and you wipe it off. It doesn't yes. have to stay there. It's not some. It's not like again. We we add this, you know, because we are such Disney freaks in our world and Marvel freaks. We have yeah. this mysticism to it, and so. But that's all it is. It's, it's, it is miraculous when God it's, heals. Because, but, but it's not mystic. But it's, it's not. It, it, it is an actual miracle yes, that God is doing, and that's we have a very hard time dividing that in because it's been so mixed up in our culture. And we don't have to work up the faith. Yeah, you know, I'm going to work this faith up in order to believe that this is going to happen, and somehow I've got to get my. I got to feel this. No. I'm doing what the facts of the Word of God say. Feelings can and come if, later. Yeah, if I, if this is what Jesus says I need to do, or this is what James says, mm-hmm. if you're sick, call the elders of the church, let them pray over you, anointing me with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the and sick. And this is and the Lord James, will lift the half brother of Jesus. Yes, is that uh-huh. right? And, and he was and, the pastor in Jerusalem. Yes, and he's the pastor in Jerusalem. And when everything got split up, all these churches went everywhere. Yeah, and the so people he was went telling them, "Do this." Yes. When okay. Yeah. So, so we're we're having, so so there is a system to this. In First Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthians, and he says, "Look, let everything be done decently and in order." Don't just have people popping in, doing this and doing that. Let everything be done (laughs) decently and in order. Don't be a freak show. Yeah, that that that's just it. Uh, We can we can sometimes today in our culture uh, make people very uncomfortable because we we get into these spiritual 
modes. Yeah. And uh, the Bible tells us, again, in 1 Corinthians, he says, look, uh, people are going to come in and they're going to feel uncomfortable. They're going to feel uh, like, what's going on if if you've got speaking in tongues and you've got all those things? Uh, by the way, the idea, the whole idea of speaking in tongues, let me just address that for just a minute. And I, I don't address this in any, I don't want to sound sarcastic. Hurtful I want you, or, yeah. here's the deal. I committed my life to the Lord in a, in a Pentecostal church. I have Pentecostal friends. I, I love, I love that these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I, I come from a Pentecostal background. I've examined what the Bible says. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible describes what speaking in tongues is. It's very, very clear. Speaking in tongues is the ability to communicate in a language that I've not previously learned. That's what took place in Acts chapter 2. That is what took place in Acts chapter 2, period. That's it. It's very, very clear. In Acts chapter 14, the Bible talks about the unknown tongue, and that's talking about people coming into your church assembly that don't speak the same language as you do. And and Paul says, look, if somebody comes into an English-speaking congregation and they speak in Spanish, then it's best for them not to pray because nobody's going to understand what they're praying about. Uh, unless you have an interpreter. It's, unless there's an interpreter, and if there's that. an interpreter, mm-hmm. then that's fine. That's the unknown tongue. Like the, we wouldn't have Pastor Ruiz get up during the English service and s- pray in Spanish unless there was an interpreter. Or or me go into the Spanish service right. and speak in the Spanish service. Because it's without unknown them. tongue to the, that people group. And it's unprofitable. It's unfruitful is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians no chapter 14. true good purpose for it's, it. It's very clear. So, yeah. again— that's praying. Uh, that's what, what, by the way, the Bible says when you pray in the Spirit, you pray with understanding. Also, praying in the Spirit does not mean I'm speaking in some unintelligible. Um, that you're uh, having this angelic experience. That yeah, again, it's just I'm praying in the Spirit and with understanding. Also, I understand what I'm saying when I come to God. I'm there's asking already God. enough things that people come into church and feel uncomfortable with. Well, yes. Why add to it? Right. They're being told you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell, but that can change. The cross offends, and there's already enough. We don't need to add weirdness so, yes. to to the whole thing. Okay, so uh, again, uh, we've talked about private prayer. We've talked about praying for the sick. Now, let me just talk about how do you have a corporate prayer meeting? What's the best way then to have a corporate prayer meeting? Because James tells us, he says um, in verse 16 of, of James chapter 5, he says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we are told to pray for one another. I have found that in corporate prayer, the best way to have a corporate prayer meeting is just to do exactly what James says. He says, pray one for another. So if we have a corporate prayer meeting, we say, uh, we say, okay, uh, are there any prayer requests? Somebody raises their hand and says, my name is Jim Smith. Uh, I'm having a very important business meeting tomorrow, and I would pray, I'd ask for prayer that it would be good. We say, thank you, Jim. John Jones, you're standing right next to, to him. Would you pray for Jim Smith right now? Pray that, that he, and we'll, we'll agree with you. And John Jones stands up and says, well, I pray for Jim Smith. He's having a business meeting tomorrow. And I pray that you would touch his 
uh, give him wisdom. I pray that the business meeting will go well, and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. John Jones sits down, and we say, is there another prayer request? Somebody stands up and says, my name is Mary Jenkins, and I would ask you to pray for, I'd ask you to pray for uh, me. I'm going to the hospital tomorrow. I'm going to have an operation. Uh, okay, we, Mary Jenkins just stood up, so we have, uh, we have Susie Johnson stands up next to her and says, and just would you pray? You're praying no... one for another. Hmm. One person is praying for another person and everybody's agreeing and together. That could be in multiple ways. They could write it all down and you oh, yes, and yes. pass it out. But if, not... you, if you want to have a prayer meeting where you're saying, we're going to have a prayer meeting and you're going to pray for specific things, then meet together, pray what Jesus said to pray. Jesus said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, let your holy name be manifest tonight. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done through us in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. Give us every day everything we need to do your will. Forgive us our sins as we are forgiving those that sin against us. Lead us not into trials and deliver us from satanic attack. Hmm. And then are there any prayer requests? And then one person prays for another because that's what that's James what says. Pray one is. for another. That's how, and and I'm telling you, we've done that and we've, we've seen people aren't coming in feeling, oh, let's all break up into small groups and we'll, because some people don't want to pray out loud. They, they just, don't know that, how and you're they're not, new. That's right. And they're not unspiritual. They've just never done that. And there's some, there's some, um, um, and then there's some people that'll pray for eternity. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly right. So you tell them, pray for that particular need, pray for that particular need, pray for that particular need, pray for that particular need. So you don't have to stand up every time. I just stand up and pray for John Jones and pray that he'll. But you're not saying when you well. break up and pray together, that's fine too. You can break you can, up. And, yes, but I'm just not... telling you, some people are are uncomfortable right. with doing that. They they. Oh, they I just... totally get it when we do it in our connections classes. I've been with groups and there's like, you know, three or four adults. I, I'm, I, I'm 40, but people that are like 60 and they're uncomfortable and I'll just jump and say, okay, I'll pray. But it's something I have done all of my life before I was saved. I was taught how to talk to God. And so it's a comfortability for me to, and some people just are introverted and being kindness and kind and aware of that, that people, if you're having more than one person they're talking to, they feel very uncomfortable. And like you said, they're not unspiritual, but there are plenty of people that are willing to yeah, say, they, yeah, they, I can pray. They, they don't know. They yeah. don't know. So, so I, first time I was went to a visitation night, I never heard of what a visitation night was. I was 16 years old and I was invited to this church to a visitation night. So I went to the visitation night and I knew God wanted me to preach. And so my uncle had told the preacher that I felt called to preach. And so uh, the preacher gets up and announces what we're going to do. We're going to go out visiting. I've never done this before in my Aww. life. And then the preacher said, "The preacher said we have a young man here who's called to preach. And yeah. so why don't we ask him <laughs> to open up the thing with prayer?" <laughs> and so I thought, I said, "Oh." So I knew how to start. I said, "Dear Lord Jesus," and then I said, "Amen." Uh, uh, I don't oh. know how to pray out loud. Oh, you actually said that? I said oh, that. I and then the preacher that. just jumped in and preached. And he said, I'm so sorry for Aww. embarrassing you. But very, yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. It was, and is... it wasn't that I was unspiritual. It was, it's, it was No one had taught you. No. That's why Jesus had to teach his and disciples. And I was, I was very introverted. I didn't, yeah. I didn't 
being in front of people was not like the thing that I like to do. Where so, where did this come from from the rest of us? <laughs> because the rest of us are like, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just forced us. You shoved us up there and made I, us do I things. I tell people all the time that I have forced aggressiveness. My kids have natural <laughs> aggressiveness, but anyway, they must get it from their mother. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, yeah. But like, so is that what you're going to teach in um, Wednesday night? You and Trey are going to be having just a short prayer. Uh, we were calling it the prayer advance, youth prayer advance on Wednesday night, once a month in front of um, with our youth group. Anybody that wants to come for donuts and prayer at six o'clock from six to six twenty, they're going to be praying. Trey had come to me a couple about a month ago in the morning, he said, you know, um, when I've been doing it, it was right after he was, he apparently was doing his devotions. It was early. He had woken me up and he said, I was just praying. Every time I've been praying in the morning, I think the Lord wants me to um, start a prayer group for youth group. And I said, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, wow, thank you, God. (laughs) I never even thought this child was going to get saved. (laughs) Right? Like, I didn't completely mess you up. And I said, awesome. Okay, great. This is all right. I This is your idea. This is God's idea. Obviously, he's ta- talking to you about doing this. So we're going to, I'm going to help you make it the best that you possibly can make it then. I'll be with you 100%. And I said, do you think, would you want grandpa to help? He said, oh, do you think grandpa would help me host it? That would be so wonderful. I said, yeah, he'll if he's here, he can help kick it off. And so is that what you got? Will you do? I'll be, when I'll you, be talking about this. this, this and uh, how to pray. So yeah. that's at 6 o'clock. That's just a half hour before youth group begins. But it's teaching them when they're that age. It's really, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're 35, just think of how much you wish somebody had you, you know, helped you out at that age, teaching you how to pray, like how you just said. Yeah. You just said I was sixteen, and I said that that you need. Oh, that'll be great to tell the teenagers on on Wednesday that for them to hear that their pastor was invited up to pray, and they said, "I don't know how to pray." <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> and I said. so good. But that's what we're doing. We're here to teach people what the Bible says, what we've been taught, what the what God has taught us to help people pray, because we can really God can use us. To change the world. That's right. You're worried about the trajectory of the world and where it's all going. You don't have to. You don't have to. God can use us to change that. Why worry when you can pray? Right. So private prayer is essential if you're going to have corporate prayer, if you're going to have successful corporate prayer. when is it is it all right to pray for the sick? Yeah, God gives us specific instructions. If you're sick, go to the elders of your church. Ask them to pray over you and anoint you with oil. That's biblical. It's right. Don't make people feel awkward that are coming to your corporate prayer meeting. If you're a pastor, look, make it simple. Pray one for another. Lead in prayer. Pray what Jesus said to pray. And then, uh, or if you're a prayer group leader, then just very simply, when your prayer group gets together, pray what Jesus said to pray. And then just say, well, uh, any prayer requests, and then pray for those individuals. Let other people that feel comfortable pray. Pray one by one by one. 
that's how you do it. That will work, and it it will you will actually be praying. You're not just going through all sorts of ritualistic, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the universe and the whole thing and Father and holy thou this and that. You're just very simply, Lord, Father, I pray for my sister Charity. I pray that she'll uh, she'll work this thing out. I pray, Father, the books will sell. And I ask this in Jesus' name. That's simple. Yeah. You say, that doesn't sound like much. God doesn't want you to make much out of it. He just wants you to ask him for what your brother or sister asked you to ask him for. Yeah. Make it simple, make it pointed, and and don't try to spiritualize or mysticize it. Just have prayer because one prayer for another. is spiritual. You don't have to make it. Spiritual. That's exactly right. If you're walk, a preacher called me up one day and he said, "What would you do if you were going to take a nine month?" Uh, a nine-month uh, sabbatical wow. or a nine-week sabbatical oh, with your w- with your wife. I said, you want to know what I would do? He said, yeah. I said, you're <laughs> spiritual enough. You read the Bible and pray every day. You study oh, the Word of fun. God. <laughs> Ask your wife what fun things she wants to do for the yes. next nine weeks and go have a ball. That's what you should do. Yeah. So I, we, we, make, we, we want to feel, we want to experience, and I'm all for experiencing God and feeling good. That's, but there's, you, we do what God wants us to do. It is spiritual if we're doing what God says yep. to do. It is spiritual to pray. It is spiritual to read the Bible. The miracles happen in the mundane. That's right. In the everyday life. You don't have to go and create it. Yeah. It's in the it's Matt's in the message everyday. Sunday was amazing. Oh, so good. It was so you, yes. If you did not hear, the, uh, there's a, go on experienceliberty.com and listen to the message that was delivered on March 27th by Pastor Matt. It is amazing. We will really help you understand. I think you can go to our Facebook pages too oh. and just listen. Okay. Go back to the, the live streams. That's so great. you can do that too. But yeah, they're excellent. But thank you. This is a great conversation today. Really enjoyed well, it. Well, this is more than a conversation. That's right. Because this is Tice Talks. Which is more than a conversation.